and welcome to Ending Physician Overwhelm. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Mello. I'm a family and obesity medicine physician, as well as a certified life coach for physicians. In this podcast, we talk about how the learned habits of people-pleasing, perfectionism, and a lack of boundaries show up in our lives and how they contribute to burnout, exhaustion, and overwhelm. The healthcare system is broken, my friends, but let's not wait for it to be fixed in order to feel better. Hello, and welcome to today's episode. Today, we're going to talk about something that feels like a contradiction, but is absolutely a recurring theme in the physicians that I talk to on a regular basis and something that I myself have experienced, and that's loneliness, specifically feeling lonely despite being surrounded by and talking to people all day. So let's walk through a day, kind of a stereotypical day in life of a fictional women physician, Dr. Smith, who has kids and a partner. Now, if that's not you, if you live alone, if you have kids, no partner, if you have partner, no kids, if you have fur babies, if you have plant babies, um, all the same ideas apply. Um, It just doesn't involve those specific people. So come along with us. On a given day, though, Dr. Smith, who's an outpatient physician with two kids, wakes up. She gets out of bed, hoping for a few minutes of quiet, but also feeling like she barely gets time with her family. So she's a little bit torn there. But, you know, as soon as she opens the door, kid number one, the early riser, is standing right there and wants breakfast. She takes a breath. She makes breakfast. And then kid number two starts calling. Her spouse emerges from the bedroom looking for his phone. Somehow, some way, everybody gets out of the house, they've eaten breakfast, they have their teeth brushed, their lunches are packed, right? The bare essentials are done. There might be some hugs and, you know, goodbye kisses, but everyone scatters to work and school. She drives to work, 20 minutes later, walks into her clinic, worried about the day. Before she gets to her desk, the early triage nurse stops her, says, Mrs. Jones' foot's looking much worse. Can we squeeze her in? She gets to her desk steps into the break room to throw her lunch in the fridge before a colleague tells tells her that five MAs have called out sick today, including hers. Happy Monday, right? (laughs) The day starts, 20 patients, plus or minus family members, uh, you know, coming along with them, filtering in and out of the exam rooms, each with a list, each sign and saying, oh, it's so hard to get in to see you. You're just so popular. And perhaps they're saying it kindly, but In her head, she hears the usual refrain of, you aren't doing enough for me. The end of the last patient visit arrives. um, And when she returns to her desk, everyone is gone, except for a few providers who are still in the clinic, still charting, eyes glued to their computers, or maybe their phones. She finishes up a few things, but decides to leave the rest for later so she can get home to her family. And as she walks through the door, kid number one is waiting. I'm not sure this kid might be stalking her, what's going on, right? But uh, kid's got forms uh, in hand ready for tomorrow's field trip, right? Mom, this needs to be done. Spouse is cooking. Maybe he's banging around the kitchen a little bit, seeming a little bit frustrated. Kid number two is on the iPad, doesn't look up, doesn't say hello. She joins in with dinner prep. Both spouses mutter fine in response to each other's inquiries about the day. They said to eat, both kids interrupting the other, snapping at each other, one complaining they didn't like the dinner. Bedtime routine starts. Kids are finally in bed with a few goodnight hugs and kisses. Spouse is sprawled out on the couch playing a game on his phone. 
Dr. Smith sits down on her laptop to finish charts, and by the time she's done, everyone's asleep. She's grateful for the quiet, but also on the verge of tears. All day, people were everywhere, asking questions, reporting tasks that needed to be completed, needing help. And yet, she's so lonely. It doesn't make sense. Or does it? So before we go into the main topic, let's all pause and take a deep breath, right? Some version of the same thing happens in the lives of so many of us. And what I want to highlight in particular is what's missing, what's contributing to the feeling of loneliness is actually a lack of connection, right? We're surrounded by people and talking to people all day, but that doesn't mean that we're actually connecting with people, And we as humans are hardwired for connection, as Brene Brown says. We need to be seen and heard. We need to be validated, right? We need to be able to rely on each other to help get our own needs met. Loneliness doesn't adequately capture this sensation um, because it implies, at least to me, that I need other people to fix it. Um, And we're going to talk about how other people may be involved, but it's not the only part here. And, you know, I will definitely assert that the part of connection that does include other people, right, we're going to talk about that, but we're also going to talk about the parts of connection that don't require anyone else besides ourselves. So three main areas of focus today, and we're going to start in square one, right? (laughs) So we'll start with people, the people who are currently already in our lives and this idea of connection. So during our training, we're taught, of course, to keep some professional distance between ourselves and our patients, right? Um, I don't want this to spin off into a three-hour episode, so I'm going to put our interactions with patients aside just for the time being, and we're going to focus on the other humans who are in our lives, be they at home or at work, right? As busy physicians and as people socialized as women, we are natural caretakers. We are in tune with the needs of others and trained to respond. And many of us spend a lot of our energy doing this, right? We might we might wake up in the morning, take care of the humans at home, right? Then we go to work and we take care of those humans and we come home and go back to the humans who live in our houses, right? A lot of energy. If we go back to Dr. Smith's story, many of the interactions that she has are people making requests, needing information or other resources for her. And there's really not any connection there. It is people, right? And they are people in our lives. And some of those people are people that we love and cherish, people all around us, right? But that is not the same as connecting to another human, right? Other people asking you for things and you responding or, you know, kind of uh, deciding how you're going to help them solve a problem, that's not connection, right? That is not you making eye contact asking, you know, someone a question about, you know, the rest of their lives. What are they thinking? What are they feeling? Them asking a question about yours, sharing a laugh or a sigh, responding and curious and liking and loving, you know, at someone and receiving curiosity back, receiving, liking or loving back, right? Human connection, right? Feeling seen and heard and that you are validated. Imagine the same morning for Dr. Smith, both at home and at work, but where instead these interactions that happen still happen, but they're coupled with a moment to really connect. So 
I'm going to be reading both parts here, so bear with me. But good morning, mom. I'm hungry. Good morning, sweetheart. Oh, you surprised me. Did you sleep okay? You aren't usually awake quite so early. Yeah, I woke up early because I'm having a math test today. I'm kind of nervous about it. Hmm, I see. I used to get nervous about tests too. I'm feeling kind of nervous because we have a big meeting at lunch and I need to present part of the plan to the group. Really? You get nervous, mom? Yep, but we've got this. Now, what would you like for breakfast? Good morning, Dr. Smith. Good morning, Emma. Oh, I like that color on you. How's your dog? Oh, thanks. Yeah, Wally's doing better. Thanks. Uh, seems like there's always something, right? True. Seems like the kids are always getting a cold or something. Um, Dr. Smith, before you head to your desk, is it okay if I ask you about Mrs. Jones? She called bright and early, and I want to know if we can work her in. You know, actually, Emma, I need to put these things down and check the schedule. Is it okay if I do go ahead and do that, and I'll come back over in three minutes? Sure thing. Now, okay, these are very idealized conversations, but imagine how much different your day flows when we have these little moments interspersed, right? Where we have these little human connection moments. Even if we don't change any of the elements of the day, we, you know, aren't meeting up with friends or having a date night, right? There are opportunities for connections right now, even briefly throughout the day. And most of us wouldn't think of this when we're trying to figure out how to take better care of ourselves, right? How to fill our own cup. But you can see here how simple it would be to interact with the humans that we see regularly and and connect even for just a moment. We get to feel seen and heard. We get to be appreciated as humans and not as robotic performers of medicine. Where could you have these little moments of connection with people already in your life, even if you don't usually do this? And you don't have to pick the most difficult people in your life to start, right? Just pick a few humans and be intentional about your interactions with them. So let's move on and think about another element that is really crucial to connection uh, and contributing to the feeling of loneliness. And oddly, that is our connection with ourselves. When we are flying through the day, right, we're putting out fires, we're not pausing to check in on our own needs. Guess what? We've become another person in our life who is ignoring us, right? And we were already feeling kind of ignored, right? That's part of feeling lonely, right? Especially when you're surrounded by people. But again, you know, this is foreign to us for many reasons because we've literally been trained to put aside our needs for, you know, basic things like food and water and sleep and peeing for many, many, many long hours. Um, there's a reason why this happened and we could have a big debate about whether or not that's necessary. But, you know, here we are at a point in our careers, right, where we're, we're attending now, right? We're, you know, nominally at least in charge of the show, But if we keep doing this, right, if we keep doing this all day, every day, right, ignoring ourselves, we're creating more and more disconnection between our human body, the one who's running around on low fuel, trying to do all the things, right, the work and then the workhorse in the brain, our workhorse, right, that internal voice who's often shouting at us that we're behind, we need to work harder, we should have this figured out by now, wondering why nobody's helping us. This disconnection, right, where your brain and your body feel separate is absolutely a part of your loneliness. When we feel connected, our needs are met, we feel seen and heard. 
but you don't feel this way when you're not actually listening to yourself, right? Seeing how hard you're working, being compassionate towards yourself. So again, if we go back to our story, right? With Dr. Smith, our heroine has had a busy day, right? She was surrounded by people asking for things and needing things, building in moments for herself to eat and drink and pee is a bare minimum. What about a few brief pauses during the day to acknowledge our feelings or physical sensations, right? Noticing that you're annoyed, taking a pause just to check on why or do something physical, even just, you know, breathing or shaking our arms or doing a few jumping jacks. This doesn't have to take more than a minute, right? We often think, I don't have time for that. I got to move on, right? We're sitting in that emotion rather than noticing it. But the simple act of naming your feelings, accepting them without judgment, right? Let's stop judging ourselves for being annoyed at other humans. Have you met humans? Humans can be really annoying, right? (laughs) But just accepting that we're having an emotion, right? Not judging ourselves, but, you know, just taking a moment to acknowledge that we feel a certain way, right? Again, maybe breathing or shaking, right? Helping to kind of clear the space, brings you back to feeling more connected to yourself, which will mean that the next thing that you're about to do, whether you're about to go out and see another patient or you're going to get back in your inbox or whatever it is, it makes everything a little bit easier. Your thinking is a little bit more clear, right? Because you aren't distracted and acting out of your feeling. So you can see here where that connection to yourself becomes really important and Again, it's another area where we think, oh, I don't have time for that. But when we are acting out of our emotions, our thinking is difficult, our, you know, our ability to sort of control how our emotions appear to others, you know, takes a lot of mental energy. We are wasting a lot of time when we are disconnected to ourselves. The third element that I want to mention is building the habit of intentional intentional, pleasurable time with other humans, right? This could be family time. It could be one-on-one time with a kid. It could be a walk with your friend. It could be date night, whatever that looks like, right? When you're surrounded by humans, it may seem like anything more is too much, right? Scheduling is too hard, juggling responsibilities around being able to spend time with someone. All of those things can seem like a lot. But it's actually essential for us to spend time with people that we care about, both inside and outside of, you know, any kind of uh, family that we would consider ourselves to have, right? Whether that's actual biologic family or intentional family, right? Uh, And it's important to spend time with people outside of work. It's essential. When school ends and residency ends and you're no longer a part of this group of humans experiencing a particular kind of challenge... We need to identify with other humans, you know, and we need to spend time with them outside of work and outside of, you know, only the people that we live with. This is a challenge for many of us. I've heard lots of people say, you know, I'm in a new place. I don't know anybody here. I don't know how to make friends as a grown up, right? And then when we tell ourselves we don't know how to do that, we don't do anything, right? And we just keep having the thought, I don't know how to make friends, and we stay stuck. We've often, you know, had this experience, right, of being in school for such a long time and friends just came to us in school, right? We didn't have to work that hard for it. 
But, you know, as we leave training, right, you know, we may have scattered to a different part of the country or the globe. Other, you know, friends and colleagues that we were really close to may have scattered. The question I get asked a lot is how do grownups make friends, right? Not having had a book club or a group of parents that I felt connected to, this was a big dilemma for me. Um, and oddly, you know, the pandemic actually kind of make it better, made it better because I could, you know, connect with people. Um, I don't know, sort of change the way that we interacted because uh, many of us weren't really interacting with other people online that much, or at least that's my perception of it, right? But now we can more intentionally communicate with people, you know, using using the the plus and minus tool of Zoom, right, or whatever FaceTime sort of thing that you have. Right. For a little while, that was kind of all the opportunity that we had to connect with people, right, during the, the height of the pandemic. But, you know, for some of us, that kind of opened up a window that we just didn't really know about before. And we, you know, may have participated in online communities in a different way. I've actually made a number of friends, you know, from different groups, different experiences that I've had that started as a purely online thing, right? Some kind of online coaching group, for example. And, and now I've gotten to meet these people in real life, right? We we have more opportunities than we think, but it does take a little bit of getting out there, right? Um, and it's not to say that uh, everybody is going to make friends in the same way, right? But we, we need to think outside the box and we need to be a little bit more intentional about it because we don't have this automatic pool of friends that are coming to us uh, in the guise of fellow students or fellow residents. This is often an area where we overthink and overdramatize. So let's keep it simple. If you can think right now of two to three people that you haven't spent time connecting with in a while, name them and set an intention around reaching out and planning something. This could be people at home, right? Could be your partner, could be a kid, could be friends or neighbors, could be a colleague that you want to get to know better. Reach out to schedule a time to walk or have coffee or you know, catch up in some way. If you can't think of anyone, cheat and pull out your phone and search your contacts, right? Find an old friend who's in there, even if they don't live nearby, right? Can you find a time to sit down and catch up over coffee, over Zoom, right? There's many ways to do this. If you just moved to a new area and you don't know anyone, right? Ask a friend who doesn't live nearby, right, to sit down with you on Zoom and catch up over coffee, and that might feel really good. Um, make a plan to figure out, how am I going to meet new people? Low-hanging fruit, if you're new to the area, might be a colleague at work you want to get to know better. But, you know, maybe there's also a local Facebook group that's pertinent to you, right? Physician moms, for example, or... Um, you know, physicians local to your area, or if you've got a particular hobby, you know, and there's groups of people who are doing that. There's crazy numbers of groups. Of, you can definitely go down the rabbit hole there. But the point is that you can start making some connections, right? And once you are a part of, let's say, a Facebook group, right, start asking questions because many people have been in that area for a long time. You might ask, what do people like doing here? Where do you like to take your kids? Um, you know, think about the stage of life you're in. You know, what playgrounds are great? Um, you can play around with a mix of, you know, <clears throat> um, hobbies that you have and, you know, professional interests. And just, you know, think about who you are. What do you like to do, right? Reach out and start building connection. 
play around with a mix of some one-on-one time with people, some things done in groups. And really important here, try to take down some of your doctorness. When we've done the above stuff and we're connecting with the humans in our lives and ourselves, it is often easier, right? But let yourself know that it's okay to not have all the answers. It's okay to not be great at something like pickleball and to keep playing anyway, right? It's actually good to help us break up some of the perfectionist tendencies, right? You might enjoy playing pickleball and you might be terrible at it. And that's just fine. You don't have to work to get better. You can just play to play, right? So let go of a little bit of that perfectionism as you are getting out and trying to meet new people. That's going to create better experiences where you won't be like in this box trying to protect your image of yourself, right? You want to show up as you so that you can feel like human being and feel more connected and have a better experience. So let's recap what we've covered. If you're feeling lonely and disconnected, despite being surrounded by people all day, first off, I just want to normalize that this is a common sentiment and you're not a freak and you're not doomed. There are actual people out there And you can start learning how to build better relationships where you feel more connected to the humans that you already see every day, feel more connected to yourself, and have some more intentional time with people that you enjoy spending time with, even if that takes learning and, you know, learning how to meet new people and actually, you know, finding out if you actually like them, right? Much of the time, this might be stuff that you know, seems really hard or challenging, but I promise you, you've done way harder things than this. It does involve letting your guard down some. It does involve, you know, deciding to show up and be your authentic self. It involves investing a bit of time. Although, you know, again, in the examples of, you know, connecting with people already in your life or with yourself, it could just be a couple minutes at a time, really. And ideally sort of filtered throughout the day, right? In other words, there are small costs involved. But if you're feeling lonely and disconnected, you are truly, unfortunately, the only one who can fix that because other people can't stop you from feeling lonely, right? We have literal proof of that because you are currently surrounded by people all day long and still feeling lonely, right? We have to do something differently in order to have a different experience. So I hope that's been helpful today. And I hope you spend a little bit of time on this one. We have the capacity to start improving our own lives right now, but it takes some thought and some intentionality, right? If you don't do anything, if you treat this as merely a good idea, then that's, it's just going to stay an idea, right? And it's not ever going to change your life. And I, you know, I know, right. That when we're exhausted and stressed and overwhelmed, that can feel like too much, right. Can feel like too much to try and take on something new, And I also know that right now you probably are already doing too much, right? And you might have to let some stuff go. You might have to be delegating, et cetera. But we have to learn how to decide our own priorities, right? We have to take back that control over our lives. And if you know that you're feeling this way, right? If you know that you're feeling disconnected and lonely and that this is a frequent problem for you, just want to say too that that's not benign, right? chronic feelings of loneliness and disconnection can become depression, can become, you know, self-harm in a variety of ways. It's really important that we don't keep shoving this feeling aside. 
I hope that you will decide that seeking connection is important and that you'll start making it a priority in your life, even if that means dropping some other stuff, right? There's way, way, way too much good, important stuff that we could ever do in one lifetime, and we're going to have to let some of it go, right? A clean house can wait. Matching socks can wait. Inbox zero that only lasts for three seconds anyway can wait. None of that needs to take priority over you feeling connected to yourself and to the people in your life, no matter what the magazines say. My friends, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of my audience. I also want to just want to take a quick moment to say a really big thank you to my first listener subscriber, someone I've known for a long time, and she'll know who she is. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you love the show and you also want to contribute, you too can become a monthly subscriber. This lets you basically drop a small tip in my bucket every month at the level that you choose. Um, I love creating this podcast and I do invest my time and energy and a little bit of cash each month into producing it. So you can return the favor by becoming a subscriber. This also helps me to keep the show ad-free, which I imagine is something that you appreciate so that you don't have to zap that fast forward button like I always do on other people's podcasts. You're going to find the link in my show notes to become my next listener subscriber and thank you in advance. My friends, until next time, take care. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you as always for listening. To learn more about my coaching programs, head to www.healthierforgood.com. And if you love this podcast, please drop us a review on iTunes or support the show by clicking the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care.